Welcome back to a special edition episode of Interjections. We're here to preview the Milan Derby. I've got the full crew with me. Guys, big, big, big fixture. Fourth match of the season, fresh off an international break. Only two undefeated teams in the league. Summer hasn't even seen the ball roll past him into the net while he stares there watching. Milan have conceded two goals. We've both scored eights. Just can't can't even begin to explain the importance of this game for the psyche of both teams and the competitive advantage a win would give one over the other. I, I guess I'll start by asking our resident Milan fan to chime in. So Jay, please tell us all about Milan's start to the season and why you think they're going to win this game 4-0. Firstly, I don't think they're going to win 4-0. I think they're going to win 3-2. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be a repeat of that infamous uh, handing over the baton derby of a couple of years ago where I think we'll score first through Lataro, and then I think Milan will score three and then I think Turan will grab a late uh, you know, a late goal to make it 3-2. Well, um, I think someone agrees with me. Yeah, um, our children do not agree or do not like that. <laughs> yeah, look, for me, this game is all about the energy of a new look, revamped Milan against a more mature Inter that is another step along its development or evolution compared to last season. I like to think that maturity will give us the edge and I definitely think we have the tactically superior coach but against a team like Milan with the players they have uh, there's always that fear of being overwhelmed by speed of attack which is now supported by a much more physical and dynamic uh, and athletic midfield. Uh, yeah, that midfield battle will be very mm-hmm. interesting to see how it will how it will go because, as you said, there's more physicality now on the Milan side, and we have our tested midfield uh, starting the or the three players. The numerical advantage will be gone as well because last season they were playing like a a very rigid. 4-2-3-1 with two holding mids, Tonali and Benessa, whereas now they're playing a 4-3-3 with Krunic in, uh, as DM, if I'm not mistaken. So it'll be three mm, against yeah. three. The midfielders they've brought in are very are much more physical. You know, I can see, for example, Ruben Loftus-Cheek kind of matching up against Mkhitaryan much better, physically speaking, obviously faster, younger, taller, stronger. You know, they didn't have that last season. It's a very optimistic <laughs> outlook of Milan to start this. Come on. Look, <laughs> here's the story. Ultimately, they, they've retooled. They've definitely gotten more physical. They've gotten faster. But the team, the core of that team is still the same. It's still going to come down to Leao taking on defenders, them trying to play Leao into space. And Leao's going to give us the same kind of problems that he's given us every single time we've played them. And so containing him to the best of our abilities is going to be probably the the, the strongest job. Uh, honestly, when you talk about Loftus-Cheek and you talk about Reindeers, I mean, it's I, I don't see them as material upgrades over what they've had previously. I mean, they're, they're better players. They're more physical, like you mentioned. But none of them strike me as the kind of difference makers to tilt the scales the way that Liao does for them. And so they're going to be dependent on Leao. They're going to be depending on, on Giroud. We'll see what kind of position Giroud's in. He'll probably be pretty well rested um, since he came back from international duty. 
early. So ultimately, you know, it's going to be a battle. It always is a battle. There's no uh, easy win, even though we had some really good wins last year. But ultimately, I expect us to win. I expect us to hold our own. I expect us to dominate the midfield. What we have to be worried about is just giving Liao any type of space or opportunities. But otherwise, you know, I, I think we're well positioned. The defense has looked very strong. Um, we looked organized. We attack really well. I think we're going to give Milan a lot of issues. Uh, I think they'll be on their back foot quite a bit. It's always hard to say because it's a derby, but you know, I don't think that Milan deserves the amount of you know rosy outlook that you all are giving them already, um, despite the fact that they've had three wins just like us. Um, I think they look very similar to the way they've looked previously. I can't in the, in the first three matches. I don't see that much of a difference between the way they play than the way they were last year. I think for them, what they're all saying is we finally have a right wing that can be relied on. You know, previously they were rotating Junior Macias and Salamak is in that position. Now they've got Pulisic who's been, I think he scored two goals and got an assist in the first three games. So, you know, having more weapons than just Liao on the left, having a threat in midfield, uh, deep runs from Loftus-Cheek, etc. and and Reinders, and then, um, yeah, more outlets in the centre and on the right. I think that's their biggest uh, difference. Pulisic, I agree. Pulisic is probably their best upgrade to what they've had in in terms of differences from the status quo. He he's he's a tricky player. He he dribbles well. His movement's been really good. He's been very aggressive getting into the box, you know, playing off of the other players and scored some goals like you mentioned and and done some good setup as well. So yeah, I I agree in that sense that in addition to Lao, you know, we're going to have to keep an eye on Pulisic and he brings a uh, a unique kind of challenge for us. Uh, but I still think, you know, the, the way we're set up defensively, I think we can handle that. Um, Lau's still going to be, in my opinion, their, their danger man. And he's going to be who we're going to have to do a good job of containing. I felt like last year there were a lot of matches, a lot of periods of time where he kind of seemed almost lackadaisical. And I don't see that so far this year. He seems pretty... He seems pretty zoned in. So, you know, the international break, I think, is unfortunate because I think we had such great momentum uh, going into it. And hopefully, you know, we'll continue that intensity. It's just, I, I, it seems like every time we play after an international break, it's like a tough match for us. I think last year, didn't we lose coming out of the international break? I can't honestly remember. Well, there were many breaks, so at least <laughs> once. I, I remember. I remember we lost at least once, but I don't know, was it? Udinese right at the start or something. Yeah, I thought it was Udinese or Lazio. We, we came right back after the initial break and got crushed. Yeah, you might be right. The part of this game I'm interested in seeing is tactically Milan have changed their shape from last season. So to Jay's point, it's more of a 4 through 3 And for the longest time, especially when Conte was here, this formation was kind of our kryptonite because you could put two speedy wingers behind empty voids in our defense and you'd have them isolated against center backs. So it would be Liao against Skriniar, whoever on the right against Bastoni. And it, it was a bit of a disadvantage for us. And we struggled with this formation against all teams, not just Milan, but our center backs now are a lot quicker 
Darmian is not a conventional center back and he's well equipped to handle Liao's pace more so than, you know, a Skriniar, obviously. And then Bastoni is super dimensional as a left center back. He's almost a hybrid center back, left back. He's definitely not as fast as Pulisic, but he's has the shown the ability to keep up with faster wingers um, like he kind of did in the Champions League final. I'd be more worried about this in past years if the defense wasn't so, you know, the quickest version of itself. And even Pavard off the bench, if he has to come in, like he's very quick for a center back. And it it makes me a little less concerned. And when you think about Milan centrally, Drew is not the fastest player. So you don't have to worry about them catching an Acherby or DeVry on the counter as much. You, You would hope, even though Drew has kind of dominated DeVry in the past, it, I'm less concerned about Milan's speed as I might have been in the past. The, the area where we can really exploit is their defense. Yeah. This Tamori is suspended. He picked up a red, two yellows against Roma. I don't know who they're going to replace him with. I would assume Kalulu. Is that is that fair to say, Jay? Probably. I think Kia is not being relied upon, so it looks like yeah, Kalulu. So this is that's a poor defensive line. If you have Teo Kalulu. Calabria, and then who's their other center back? Um, Malik Chia. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 that's, a weak, that's a weak defense that we can exploit. And it, it's probably, if you think of the different positions each team has, their midfield, their attack, their defense, I think Milan's defense is going to be the weakest units on the pitch. Yeah. Where, sure, you know, especially Teo and Calabria, they're dynamic, they can contribute to attack. But these are not like stalwart defensive players. So we should have plenty of goal scoring opportunities. I'm just reading from the forums that someone someone's writing that uh, Kalulu has muscle problems and could miss the game, but there's no source for this. But if he's missing game, they're in a big trouble with Lautaro. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, feel. who do they even have? They they brought some random Pellegrino or some. I don't even know if he's a centre back actually, but they brought some random young defender, I think. Um, yeah, Pe- Pellegrino, Marco Pellegrino. From, he, he is a defender? Yeah, center back. <clears throat> yeah, right. From um, Ar- Argentina. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, they can play Kier. Um, and Kier's not covered himself in glory in most derbies, which is good. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Defense is their weakness right now. Um, it's just a matter of getting the ball to their defense and at the same time, trying not to get caught out at the back um, because, you know, we've talked about this previously. Milan do have that kind of just one long ball over the top. You've got Magnan, who's a great ball-playing goalkeeper like Onana. Uh, very good long long kicks out the back. You can very easily find, you know, a Liao in space should, we, should he find the ball on a counter-attack, you know. And as Andrew mentioned, 4-3-3 is generally considered a counter to the 3-5-2. And we've seen how forward, sorry, how far forward Dumfries and DiMarco get. It's inevitable that there's going to be times where Liao is just by himself for, for in, in acres of space, and you just need to try and avoid situations where he's running at Darmian one on one with speed and with you know Pulisic and the others charging forward. Yeah, yeah, we need to be very careful in in our offensive offensive zone not to not to give it. Give Milan any any chances to for a quick counters for with, with the long balls or anything like that. I remember a year ago in the derby when 
which we also lost 3-2. I think we conceded the first goal when we had this poor pass in our own zone, and I think yeah. those are very, very, very important to not have any any mispasses in our own half because uh, Milan will punish punish with those ones e- easily. Leo is a uh, it's a he's, he's a game breaking player, so we just need to contain him. And I think we, we just need to play him uh, with the two players, Dumfries and Darmian. Need to keep him at bay. And of course, there's uh, uh, Theo then on the on our right side. But yeah. I, I actually I actually uh, noticed that uh, Theo has done this before. But in this um, in these uh, three matches, he's been doing quite a lot of this uh, these runs runs with the ball right in the middle, like. In the midfield, he's almost yeah. like a midfielder there, and he's he's not uh, he's not running on the left flank, but right in the middle. Yeah. And we need to be very careful careful to see those before he starts those runs because the, it's it's hard or difficult to difficult to stop them. Unfortunately, he's very good good with those runs when he gets yeah. going. Just another yeah. brilliant tactical innovation from the mind of Stefano Pioli. one thing that's been heartening i think is um you know i I feel like dumfries does pretty well against uh milan like he 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 holds his own against theo pretty well they get into it quite a bit it's it's always a uh it's always a very physical match between both of them um but i think you know dumfries holds his own um and i think he, he shows up to play he's usually pretty pretty amped up to play against Milan and against Theo. So hopefully we'll see that again because he's had a pretty decent year to, to start for us. I think he's been a bit of a surprise for a lot of people on, on international duty and um, on inter duty. Um, he's been, he's been pretty good. So I think if he has a strong match, if he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, if he holds his own pretty well, that'll go a long way in us kind of containing that side. I would say Tail has not played well against us in quite some time. And I, I do give Dumfries most of the credit for that because he's one of the few players in this league who can match tail physically. He's a bit of a bully of a player. He, he, he's bigger bodied. Dumfries is one of the only players who actually has the ability to kind of give him some of it back. And he has been, tail has just looked uncomfortable in the most recent fixtures. And I, I honestly can't recall the last good game he had against us when, when Milan plays well against Inter. It's almost always Giroud and Liao. It's 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 rarely yeah. tail. Yep. Yeah, great. And I think to stop Liao, you know, it's Dumfries is going to be important. Darmian's probably going to be the key, like we all mentioned. And then Hakan, you know, like he's he the, he's going to have to get stationed, kind of in that defensive role to help out the back line. And it's just going to be like that collective team team defense. Uh, and I'm a little worried about Demarco defensively. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think it, it might be this might be one of those matches where that Pulisic versus DeMarco is a more dangerous mix than the Theo Leal side versus Darmian and uh, and Dumfries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not as worried regarding DeMarco's defending. I can understand. <laughs> I can understand it, but. Uh... The way, the way we defend, I think the wingbacks aren't as uh, crucial in our defending. We we like, okay, we let some crosses in, but they are, usually they are pretty 
early, not, not deep, but early crosses if we are in our defend, defensive setup. I haven't seen Pulisic again against DiMarco, so it's more reservation <laughs> for this comment. We, we really do need, we need DeVry to kind of exercise all his demons against Giroud, though. Like, this is his, I, I hope he's fired up. I hope he's ready. I think it, it was very clear how embarrassed he got by Giroud and, and, and kind of sent his whole, like, <laughs> existence into, into turmoil, it seemed like, for a while. I, I really do hope he's fired up, he's ready, and um, he kind of plays really well against Giroud because he's had a strong start to the year as well. I think the defense, the way we play defense, the, the setup and the team defense um, kind of as a unit has really benefited uh, DeVry. I think he's played really well because of it. And I just hope that that continues and doesn't get derailed by Milan. Yeah, this is his chance for redemption. Yeah, la- last season I remember that many times when Valdi right didn't have a good season, and and you could see it uh, already when when there's like a well may- maybe a long ball from Coley, uh, and then goes to the striker, and and uh, then our center back in this case Debray is there defending and he can't like connect to the ball at all or, or like uh, challenge the striker at all and I remember that uh, Chiru was like owning him a lot last season when DeVry played and I'm gonna pay attention how he will uh, handle those those long balls to Chiru. Is he going to like let him play uh, let Chiru play as he pleases, or can he block him, or, or like uh, stop him doing doing his stuff? The, the midfield battle is really interesting to me in this one because it's two polar opposites. You have M- Milan's midfield, which I'd characterize as kind of workmen. It's like big physical athletes. I, I don't think any of them are super strong technical players, whereas our, our midfield is all. It's, it's technically skilled. There's not a ton of athleticism in it. There's not a ton of defensive prowess in it, but they're good at holding possession and they're good at, you know, kind of those lateral passes. It, it's two opposites. And if we can hold possession, I think we can maybe take some of the steam out of the game and dictate tempo a bit. But if we let Milan's physicality continue to win back possession in the midfield and that one uh, – is it Rainers? He excels at winning back possession in the few matches I've watched him. If if we let them, you know, exert their physicality in the midfield, we could be in for a long day just in terms of them creating numerous chances, winning the ball back, and not letting us run our set set formations that we usually like to run in attack. Yeah, and that going back to what I said earlier, that's that's why it's so important that we don't give the ball away cheaply in transition especially the first game against Monza, it just felt like the players were almost having too much fun. You know how you play like hacky sack or something and you're trying to keep the ball up without touching the ground. Of course, it, it seems like that was our approach to counterattacking. Like, let's just see how many, let's just counterattack and see how many one-touch passes we can do. But, you know, it's, it's just all too reckless for my liking in the Monza game and I think the second half against Cagliari as well. So it's much better against Fiorentina. So hopefully we can kind of stay more composed and you know we don't have to counterattack every single chance we get sometimes it is yeah. better even if you do have a bit of forward momentum it is better to put your foot on the ball just slow it down let people get back into shape 
and then distribute the ball around and, you know, go for a kind of slower build-up, even if it means, you know, obviously letting the opposition get back into position, right? So, yeah, I think going off what Andrew said, it's important that we don't give away these cheap uh, balls in, in, counter, in transition by trying to play too fast and loose on the break. Yeah, we have to be extremely disciplined. <clears throat> we can't, like... Because, again, they have that cheat code, right? They, they have Liao. Like, if, if we're reckless in any way, they're going to exploit us. So, like, you have to play almost a little more conservative in that sense just to prevent those chances on the other side. But, you know, I think we have the setup and the discipline to be able to do that. So, hopefully, you know, that's what we see. The thing that scares me is Lautaro has a match on – it's either Wednesday or Thursday with Argentina. I can't quite recall. And – He's going to be getting back late. There's, it's like, there's going Bolivia to be, as well. Yeah, like it, he's going to be a little jet lagged, and like I made, made a joke about it on our last episode, our attack ceases to function if Lotaro is not on form. So I do worry about that. But he he historically more so than like definitely a Lukaku and even a Zeko, like he'll show up for a big fixture. So yeah. that's why I'm I'm optimistic. Taram, I, I got, I'm excited to watch Taram play in this match because one, it's you know it's he picked us over them kind of validation, but it's also going to be he is one of the few players on our team who like fits the mold of a typical Milan player in terms of athleticism and you know skill sets. So having a player like that on the pitch in our favor against them for once, I'm kind of looking forward to. I checked that the uh, lateral plays uh, on t- Tuesday night. So it's on European time. It's like a Tuesday, Wednesday night. So yeah, so basically like a Wednesday morning fixture. Off to fly home. You figure he probably won't be back in Italy until Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's it's not optimal, but um, it's better than Wednesday. Also, also <laughs> yeah, and and Pulisic is also also playing on the same day, or was it actually day later? It could have been day later. So it's not optimal for him either. Like I said, yeah. he's playing in like, fucking Bolivia as well at like, you know, 10,000 feet above sea level or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah. not, not to get into the politics of it, but like, you know, Argentina is going to play Lotaro for most of the game. This is a World Cup qualifier. Whereas like the States, like we're not playing in anything meaningful right now. Like it's, we don't have like a European qualifier we're playing in. We don't have a World Cup qualifier. Like, I don't think so anyway. I'd, I'd uh, Polish isn't going to play 90 minutes. Ah, okay. So there, there's no qualifiers going on for you. I, I'm pretty sure it's just like a Nations League fixture. Nation, uh, I thought yeah, Nations League is UEFA it's, only. It's it's USA against Oman. It's a friendly match. So yeah, there is a there is a Concacaf Nations League that's like in, the US has a fixture against it's it's a friendly against Oman. Like Pulisic isn't playing 90 minutes in that game, whereas like a World Cup qualifier. Like Lutaro is yeah. going to start and he's going to play most of it. I don't think so. Yeah. I think because he played most of the first game against, I can't even remember Ecuador or something. But um, I think the plan was for Lutaro to start that game and play most of it, and then for Julian Alvarez to play mo- start the second game and play most of it. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, I, I don't even know yeah. what the situation there is. I thought <laughs> following the World Cup that Alvarez had kind of deplaced Lautaro, but it still seems like he's getting significant minutes. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Just just hope that <laughs> Lautaro doesn't play like 70, 80 minutes 
Yeah, yes. Yeah. At that altitude. Ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. Should should be fine. As as Andrew mentioned, he's been pretty pretty good at big games and in derbies especially. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, if, so, if worse comes to worse, we can bring in anemic Sanchez off the bench. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's also playing like, like I don't, well, maybe he's not playing at all. Hopefully he's coming back. Sanchez can come onto the bench pushing one of those, you know, those IV drips as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could make a bet, like with a sports book of like Sanchez getting hurt and like limping off in his World Cup qualifier. Because we just know... He's going to get hurt somehow, some way. He's not going to be available against Milan. And Arnautovic is going to have to come on and save the day. <laughs> but maybe he will. Maybe he will. I have a trust in Arnautovic. So here's my question for you guys. If you look at the squads, what do you think is our biggest vulnerability heading into this game? You can picture it as a player versus another player. You can think about it as a position group. Look, if, if there is a reason we're going to lose the game, what will it be? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I don't see like I don't see much weaknesses in our in our team, to be honest. I just think it goes back to what I said right at the beginning, which is, you know, for Milan, it's like a new look team full of young. Not that they were particularly old before, but you know, full of young-ish, physical uh, and fast players. And they're going to be hyped up following the good start of the season. Um, whenever you come up against an opponent like that, there's always a chance that you might just get overwhelmed by the challenger. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the only thing I can really think of. Um, I mean, if you want to break down the various individual battles or or positional contests, then yeah, obviously there's well, a player like Leao always has that chance to just score some crazy solo goal. You know what I mean? And there's always a chance that a, a cross might land to Giroud. But those are just like you play a numbers game when you play football. You know what I mean? You you allow a certain amount of crosses into the box, anticipating that one of your three centre-backs will clear it. So I'm not too worried about Giroud. And yeah, I'm not even too worried about Liao. It's just like our game plan will largely remain the same, whereas theirs has changed to incorporate new physical players and so last season we managed to pass through their midfield with ease due to a numerical advantage and a advantage in class uh, this season they've at least made up the numbers gap and so I wonder will we run into a brick wall essentially trying to pass through them and now find that they have more players who are physical and stronger and uh, athletically dynamic yeah, yeah, I, I, I get you. What, what about you, Andrew? Do you see some weaknesses in our side? The only one I have, uh, I'll just pose for you all, is Summer has not been tested yet. He has not faced any real volume of shots. I don't think he's had any noteworthy saves. And if we do, a once again, a positional battle, I, I, do, I highly rate Magnan. Like I view him as the best keeper in this league. I'm just curious how Summer looks. This this should be the first game where his net is truly under attack. I, I'm hoping he's up for the challenge, but I do just worry because we haven't really seen what he's capable of yet in an intercate. Yeah, that's a good shout. He is really like untested, but um, as per my role, I'm not too worried. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, it's it's true that he hasn't been tested. I mean, he was more tested in the preseason friendlies than he was, or at least the ones he played, than the ones uh, in the Serie A games so far. But that visible nervousness has definitely greatly reduced. I think in that first game against, what was it, Leipzig, where we won like 5-3 or 4-3 or something, that, that hilarious game where there was like three penalties and missed penalties and whatever. Um, in that game, he just looked all over the shop. You know, he didn't know where to stand. He didn't know when to come out. He didn't know when to pass long, pass short and all this kind of stuff. At least, if nothing else, that's gone away, at least in the first few games. So that's encouraging. But yeah, it doesn't really speak much as to how ready he is to save lots of shots. But it's a start. All right. Let's get some predictions for the match. Nico, you can start off with some good news. I'm sure you're expecting a win here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Even if I agree that uh, Milan has improved their roster, I just don't see see them beating us or even drawing us. Uh, I think that we will just. Uh, I think it will go like two nil, maybe maybe even three nil. I don't know. What I say? I, I say I say three three one. Irfan, what's your prediction for the match? Uh, I'm going with a strong 2-0 win for Inter. I think I think DeMarco and I'm going to go with Hakan get on the score sheet and we win 2-0. KG match, maybe some late goals, but uh, I think we keep the clean sheet and we uh, and we end up with a dub. Uh, I'm choosing to be optimistic in rare form. It, there has just been too much overwhelming, too many overwhelming positives from the first three games. As I compare and contrast the way Milan have played. I think they've won a few three penalties, one of which was extremely cheap, one of which was possibly cheap. I, I'm not sure I've seen enough from their playing style to make me confident that they're going to be able to recreate that in a derby. Whereas, for the most part, the way we've played, I think, is a true indicator of the kind of form and class that we have. I, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't see... I, I think there are a lot of defensive mismatches in this game. Lotaro and Taram against Milan's poor centre-backs pairings. I, I do worry about Milan's pace on the wings against our centre-backs, even though our centre-backs are maybe more equipped for it than they have been in the past. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I'm going to actually predict a 3-2 Inter win. Cool. Um, I gave mm. my prediction right at the start, which is a 3-2 Milan win. Um, I think we'll score first, and then I think they'll kind of swarm us uh, and unfortunately score a lot and then we'll get one back alright so we have in, in true podcast fashion we have three inter predictions for victory and resident Milan fan Jay <laughs> thinks his boys will get it done for them uh, I think I think there's a potential for a 1-1 as well I think uh, there could be some early season nerves like if I'm being 100% serious here I think the two teams could cancel each other out you know, this is for me one of those games where if we played the game or you ran the game through like a computer simulation 100 times, I do feel like we'd win more than we lost, than we lose or draw. But yeah, it could be a draw here. And I, sh- I should know this, but I will ask, who is technically home for this fixture? Us. Mm, yeah. Yeah, which is another built-in advantage. Yeah. I think we're set to earn $6 million or something from the ticket sales or from the gate. So yeah. When you're an Inter fan, we'll you have be, to care about these things. Yeah, now we'll be able to, you know, <laughs> give Lukaku a juicy loan fee when he returns next summer. That's Sanchez and Anatovic's wage is paid for a year. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to the special 
edition episode derby preview we'll be back after the derby of course recapping with our thoughts uh yeah thanks for listening everyone thanks guys all right see you guys bye